It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. If you like defense, if you like fast, aggressive defense, Fast and Furious is one of my favorite movies. Well, the Vikings, they found their guy. They have their defensive coordinator. His defense reminds me of Fast and Furious. I'll explain that next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, this is Ron Johnson Show, and I am your host, Ron Johnson. Before we bring Sam Extra in, my producer, I want you guys to remember this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Just visit fanduel.com backslash locked on today to get started. Again, just place one bet, parlay, whatever you like, do it. It will be worth your time. It's fun. It makes every single game you're watching a little bit more fun. Because there's something on the line. But also, I want you guys to know, we're going to have uh, Carmen Vitale join us. Uh, she is down at the Super Bowl. So we have to talk to her about opening night. I've been a part of opening night before in the Super Bowl. It is one of the most electric, fun atmospheres. You see superstars, celebrities, rappers, actors, uh, whoever gets invited to these things, they're there. Mainly media and players. But you do see a lot of other people in the building. It is a fun atmosphere. She was there last night. So we're going to talk to her about that today. Um, also, we're going to talk to her a little bit about the NFC North because the scope of the NFC North is changing depending on where Aaron Rodgers ends up. But we got to talk about Brian Flores. Brian Flores is now the defensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. And of course, it's not dead set because we know defensive coordinator, you take that role, unless there's something saying you can't leave us, he could still interview and if somebody says, hey, man, we'll give you $10 million, I don't know if he's going to just stay defensive coordinator. We've seen this happen where a coach comes in for less than a month and then another team snags him away as, as an elevated role. And so that could happen. Hopefully it does not happen. Uh, but I think the guys have their man. The Vikings got who they wanted and Brian Flores. And uh, I think it's going to be a fun one. And also remember, you can now watch Locked On Sports Minnesota right there on your TV. If you have an Amazon Fire TV or a Fire Stick and you have a Roku TV, just go to your app. Search Locked On Sports Minnesota and download the app right to your TV, and you can get all of our videos, all of our shows. Uh, Sam Ekstrom is going to join the show now. Sam, the Minnesota Vikings, it, it's, this has been a big, huge like situation. You know, everybody thought mm -hmm. Mike Pettin was going to be the guy. And then and then uh, the, 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 the Broncos guy turns down the Vikings. I don't want to be defensive coordinator. And he goes to the Panthers. And so people are like, oh, he turned us down. I don't really ever think it was about being turned down. It was just, hey, appreciate it, but I'm going to take this job with the Panthers because there was no reports the Vikings actually offered him the job. They interviewed him, and they did their due diligence. They interviewed Mike Pettin. But I think all in the end, we all know Brian Flores was the guy. Now, here's here's where I think about Brian Flores. Aggressive defense. We know that. Man coverage guy. 
We know that. When you look at the Miami Dolphins, uh, some of the things he did there. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, though. He learned. So not only does he have an aggressive setup, but who did he learn from this year? He learned from one of the best in Mike Tomlin. When you think about T.J. Watt and how do I get pressure on the quarterback? How do I use my defensive end? You know, how do I use my outside linebacker? When you think about the Neal and Zadarius now, you got a guy in Brian Flores who saw it firsthand with the Steelers. And this is how I get the most out of these guys. This is how I help my corners and my safeties out. And that's where Brian Flores is going to come in because he is that guy. He's that dude. Like he's that dude that can stand on the field with his corners and DBs like a Mike Zimmer and say, hey, this is what you're going to do. And I think this is going to be a big difference for that DB group is having a guy like Brian Flores in their ear, helping them out. Uh, when you think about, like I said, again, creating pressure, aggressive, but under control. Again, he learned from Mike Thomas. So all those factors, I think the Vikings got their guy. I also think, you know, I don't know if Mike Pettin was too, like, dialed in to being a coordinator right now. Like, you have a cushy job. You're, you're, you're just the executive assistant. You get to just help out. And you still get paid a lot of money, and there's no pressure. And and I, I truly believe he's probably looking to, like, all right, well, if Brian Flores is going to become head coach in the next year or two, Mike Pettin now. Is going to stick around for two years, and he knows he has a, a job right after that to be defensive coordinator. So it's kind of built in to let Mike Pettin kind of get his feet back wet again with Brian Flores. Like Flores is a DC, Mike Pettin, if he stays, will still be in his role. And then, hey, now it's an easy transition. If Flores leaves, here comes Mike Pettin to take over. I don't know if that's the case, but that seems like that could be an easy way to go. But again, Brian Flores, I think it's the aggressiveness. Like, that's what I think everybody's excited about is how aggressive his defenses were. Uh, when you think about the lack of pressure the Vikings put on quarterbacks, the lack of, of uh, innovation within that defense. Now you have a younger mm -hmm. mind. Uh, you look at the Steelers, innovative, moving around, a lot of stuff to confuse people, a lot of uh, different looks and coverages and trying to disguise here and there. I think that's what people were excited about. And it all points now to the NFL draft, drafting the cornerback. I hate to say it, it, the signs all point to drafting the cornerback because when you think about that, being able to draft a quarterback, and Mel Blunt, I think, hit the nail on the head. When you draft a corner, it's not easy to just come in and start right away. You know, we think that, oh, we drafted him first round, he's got to be a guy. It's not easy. You have to be the best athlete on the field. You have to run backwards at the same speed another man that can run a 4-3 is running forwards. And then you have to be able to put your foot in the ground, turn, flip your hips, and get back to the ball and stop him from going where he knows he's going, and you're just trying to read and guess where he's going. So it is one of the hardest positions to play on the field. It is the most athletic position on the field. Um, and I think that's why you know they're going to draft a corner because they know within this scheme, if we don't have our guys, it doesn't work. But I don't know, Sam. What is, what is your thoughts on Brian Flores? Yeah, aggress aggression is really the key word here. Let's look at blitz rate. In his three years at Miami, his first year, they weren't very good. They were rebuilding. They were 11th in blitz rate. In 2020, second in blitz rate. 2021, second in blitz rate. So when things are going well, Brian Flores is blitzing 35, 40% of the time. Compare that to Ed Donatel, where it was 15 to 20. I mean, we're going to see perhaps twice the amount of pressure. That's exciting. Like, if you're going to give up yards, Ron, wouldn't you rather go down swinging? Wouldn't you rather send the house, and if they beat you, they beat you? That's the kind of defense I think we're going to see, and I think it's a more enjoyable brand of defense. I don't think this ensures the Vikings' defense becomes good. 
because it's going to take a little bit to instill this new scheme. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this would have been a more sensible hire last year coming True. off of, of Mike Zimmer. And I know that there was all this hot water around Flores and the, the legal stuff with the league, but I think that it would have been an easier transition for the guy like the Harrison Smiths, the Neil Hunters, Eric Hendricks to go from one aggressive coach to another than have to dial it back with Ed Donatel and learn this totally different style. I think this is more what we were used to with Zimmer. And it is, and even though Zimmer struggled at the end, it's an enjoyable brand of football. Yeah, no, and, and I've always believed that if you're going to go down, go down swinging. Like Ed Donatel sometimes, they just went down. Like you're giving up 400 yards in 10-plus games, and you didn't hit them in the mouth. Like you just didn't hit them. Like punch them in the mouth. Make them have to go hot route. Like I know we joke about hot route and 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 uh what's his name uh, uh Vince Vaughn and the wedding crashers and I don't know what you're saying like that's what happens when you blitz they sometimes don't know what you're saying like you're just saying hot route and like what does that mean so if you force a quarterback to have to do something he's not comfortable doing which is dump the ball off and now you rally and you make that tackle or like you can create mistakes here and there but when you just sit back you let guys just figure you out. I mean, Mike White, nothing against Mike White. Great quarterback. You know, anybody that made it in the NFL is a great player. But Mike White should not be able to pick you apart. And I think that's the problem is you got to come. Look at the Buffalo Bills and what they did to some of those quarterbacks. Like, they decapitated Mike White. Like, you have to make him feel you. And and it, this is a brutal game. We know that. It's aggressive. It's barbarian. But this is what you signed up for. You got to make the quarterback know you're coming because then eventually they're going to hear footsteps. I go back to Mike Zimmer, Eli Manning, uh, New York Giants. Eli threw the ball into the ground probably six, seven times because he's just like, I don't want to get hit and I have nowhere to go with this ball. I'm just going to throw it in the ground. I'm going to ground it and live to play another down. I remember That's that. what you want to get quarterbacks to have to do because everybody's like, what the hell is Eli doing? He's just getting rid of the ball because he's like, look, I, I don't have a throw. I don't, I'm not wasting my time throwing this out of bounds because they're going to hit me. Let me just duck and cover. I'm going to hit, throw it towards the line of scrimmage. And I'm going to duck and cover. You got to make a quarterback scared in the pocket. If he's comfortable and his feet are just chilling, like, like Peyton Manning would say, if they don't have happy feet, you're not, you're not doing anything. You're just letting them sit back there and pick you apart. And it does not work. So that's why I think Brian Flores, great pickup for the Minnesota Vikings. It is going to be interesting to see how his defense can learn. Like your offense is high power, Kevin. How can I get you the ball back faster? I got to get after your quarterbacks. I got to get after the, the opposing quarterbacks. And I think that's what this defense is going to be about. You got Daniel Hunters, Darius Smith, you got Eric Kendricks, you got Harrison Smith. I mean, you got guys that you can let fly to get to the quarterback. Cam Bynum fly to get the quarterback Lewis seen we'll see what happens when he comes back from injury because he's already running after a gruesome injury he's back on the field running you see it on his Instagram and his Twitter he's out there on the field running now so you give him three more four more months it's all about pain management at that point because once that bone is healed now it's mental can I trust myself to put my foot in the ground and go get up to this quarterback because Lewis seen can be that rover type of line that jerk that J Ron curse that J Ron curse doing for the for the Cowboys that can be Lewis mm-hmm. seen and I think that's going to be the key for Brian Flores is what pieces do I have? The Mika Fitzpatrick's type. Who, who can I put in these roles to get after my quarterback the way I want to get after him? And that's what we'll see with the Vikings. But it starts today. Uh, looking forward to it. I know I'm doing something for Vikings.com later. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about Brian Flores. But we got Carmen uh, Vitale joining us on the Ron Johnson show coming up next. And remember, people, 
You can find all of our videos, all of our shows on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel where you can get endless Vikings talk with local experts. Just subscribe to the free Locked On Minnesota Sports podcast feed wherever you get your podcast, or you can find our videos, as I said, on YouTube. And we have a word from our sponsors. Thanks a lot, Ron. Today's show is fueled by FanDuel. You can go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On. You can get an account. You can get a no-sweat first bet for Super Bowl 57. Up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown. Their app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. You get paid your winnings instantly. Why wouldn't you play with FanDuel? Join FanDuel today. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. So coming up now, hanging with Ron Johnson, I got Carmen Vitale excited because she covers the NFC North for Fox Sports, but she also is down at the Super Bowl. Uh, I've seen a bunch of her tweets. Uh, I've seen she was in the building at U.S. Bank Stadium. For some reason, I never made it down there to, to, to say anything to her because it's just game day with Vikings game day live. And then we have to jump on the post game show with K-Fan. It's just it's ridiculously busy. But I finally got Carmen Vitale to join us on the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment. Uh, Carmen, I want to thank you. Thank you for joining me. Um, I saw your pictures and your videos and everything from opening night. And I've been a part of that a couple of times. I've heard stories about it. Definitely not like my dad and Mel Blunt. Mel Blunt was on the show yesterday. Uh, my dad won two Super Bowls with him and, and their opening nights were nothing like that. Like it was just literally like radio row for players show up, go home. Now it's like a whole production. You got stage left stage, right? You got the master stage. You got the Kelsey brothers with mom bringing cookies. What was the atmosphere like last night? Yeah, I mean, I think it just gets bigger and bigger every year, quite honestly. I mean, the NFL uh, Network was carrying it live, and they did a really good job of turning that into something that was consumable for people at home. And there was a ton of people in the crowd, mostly Chiefs fans, quite honestly, (laughs) because every time something happened with the Chiefs, the Chiefs player would come up. God, when the team came out, I mean, that place erupted, and it was maybe not even half full. Um, but the, like, I, I give a lot of credit to these people that came out just to watch these guys kind of talk to reporters. And there was this little, it kind of looked like a WWE wrestling match mat stage that they got, the guys would come up on and then they would go down to their respective podiums or they would mill around. And it was just a ton of people, ton of media. And, uh, you're like, you don't know which way to look because you, you're scared of missing something, but you're going to miss something. (laughs) So I was just head on a swivel the entire night trying to listen in to as many people as I could, get some fun stuff for social, and then get some, you know, quotes for my own articles. But right. it was it was a great atmosphere. And, yeah, I mean, the Mama Kelsey bringing her boys some cookies was uh, – that was that was real cute. Real Midwestern of her, quite honestly. So we love that. <laughs> yeah, when you think about – because I've, I've now heard uh, the dad, Ed Kelsey, he talked about um, I can't lose – uh, any joke because he was on the Kelsey's brother show and he said, I can't lose because I'm already on the best you know show in the world, blah, blah. But, you know, mm-hmm. one of you guys is going to win. One of you guys is going to lose. He's like, but I can't lose. And they're like, well, what about the guy that loses? He's like, well, you got to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you can tell their upbringing. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but mom is different. Mom was more like, OK, you know, like I, I want to make because they asked her that. And she kind of said, well, you know, I'm gonna make sure both my babies are OK. Um, mm-hmm. When you when you think about that dynamic, even that that his brother, Jason, might actually have a baby at the Super Bowl. 
Like his yeah. wife is bringing her midwife there to the game. Uh, yeah. It sounds like she's willing to have the baby in the suite if it, if it all happened. Like, I'm like, that would be an absolute ridiculous story, <laughs> movie type setup if she goes into labor during the game, but she wants to keep watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> and the mm-hmm. baby is born there because the midwife is there and she she's a you know she has her license to do all that and and i'm pretty sure she's bringing all the stuff and and honestly boiling water is not real i've had two kids boiling water is just to get the dad out the room so he calms down and does something um, <laughs> and we, now he's gonna be out of the room anyway he's gonna be on the field <laughs> exactly and you don't want to tell him because you're like you don't want him thinking about like all right my wife's up there having a baby but i got to worry about picking up this blitz and you know chandler jones or you know chris mm-hmm. jones and all or sorry Ch- chris jones um you know whatever so when you when you think about that night last night and and those kelsey brothers you know if you were the sister let's just say you're the kelsey sister <laughs> like put yourself in that family like would yeah. you care about the loser or would you be like <laughs> no i'm kicking it with, like i'm popping champagne with the winner I mean, I have to imagine, and you can see it from the way that their dad talked about their upbringing, like they're very competitive. And as you would be if you have two boys that are in the NFL. And also, I don't think I mean, there's very few siblings that are on their level of like, those are both Hall of Famers. Travis and Jason are both Hall of Famers at their respective positions. And that doesn't happen very often. We were talking about this actually with my editors, just like how many siblings are actually both on that level and both on the same level. And there's really not many across all sports. So I think that you have to celebrate with the winner because either way, these guys are going to go down with very decorated, no matter what mm-hmm. happens. And I thought it was really cute. What mama Kelsey said, she was like, I'm just rooting for whoever has the ball because both <laughs> of her sons are on offense. So she can just root for whoever's on the team. She's like, I'm going to scream my head off anytime someone has the ball. So I thought that was really cute. And I mean, those guys, I just, again, they're just so decorated on their own and they're so accomplished on their own. Um, and I, Jason's the older one too. So I feel like yeah. you kind of want Jason to, Jason to get it. Travis still has some more years in him. Although uh, M- Mama Kelsey did say that Travis is the more of the mama's boy than Jason is. Oh, yeah. yeah. She was you, asked. Yeah, you she was asked who's the bigger mama's boy. <laughs> yeah, you could tell. Like Jason looks like he doesn't care. Like you could, you could clearly tell. Like Jason gave mom like the I'm home from college hug and Travis right. kind of like held her like, put her on his shoulder he kind of you know like mom can you come fold my clothes like he looks like he looks like that guy like he looks like he's super like mom i need you i don't want to go to bed tonight um but no that was cute that was definitely fun i think you know super bowl families it's it's something that again that's so you talk about because i just had coquif on and you talk about 0.06 percent of college pro high school athletes that make it pro and make it to this. They, these right. guys are in like 0.000001% now for what these two doing are as brothers. Cause that's not, I mean, you got Ronda and Tiki Barber. Um, right. Like it's, it's not a lot. It's, it's not a lot of brothers out there uh, that are doing this. And that's, what's cool. Um, what, what, from, so from last night, from opening night, what was um, like a cool interview that you got to be a part of? Um, well, there were so many. Um, it's really fun because when I worked for the Buccaneers, I worked for the Buccaneers for six years as a team mm-hmm. reporter. And so I got to know so many guys and the league is so small that, that those, those guys branch out to different places. So I got to like kind of catch up with some of the guys that um, are now on either the Chiefs roster or the Eagles roster. But, um, I also got to catch up with Lane Johnson and okay. he, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of the trenches and that's something that is going to be huge for this game in particular between these two teams. So I caught up with Lane Johnson. Uh, I was at online masterminds with him over the summer and just seeing, I mean, how tough he is, but also 
um, he was iced out. I've never seen him <laughs> with so many chains. Like he had like two diamond chains on, and I have never seen an offensive lineman, much less a white offensive lineman, <laughs> with this much ice. It was amazing. I was like, "Go shine, King!" Like you, you just made me so proud. Um, <laughs> but other than that, when it wasn't blinding me, uh, we had some really good conversation about Jalen Hurts. Praised him for what he did, and I asked him what he thought that their line, you know, that's probably the best offensive line in football what impact they have had on Jalen Hurts' development this year into an MVP candidate. And he was, I mean, he was very deferential. He was like, no, you know, it's all Jalen, but we just try to do the best we can for him. It's been really cool to see him take those next steps this year and turn into the player that we always knew he could be. And that was really special to kind of get to hear, you know, the big boys up front don't always get enough credit, but I mean, Mm -hmm. that's a really, that plays a really big role and how comfortable a quarterback feels, obviously, because he's yeah. not getting pressured as much as he probably should be, not to mention his escapability. Um, but that was a really nice interview, and I was just I was real proud of Lane showing out. Yeah, I'm hoping Lane Johnson does his job because I need the Eagles to win. I need Travis oh. Kelsey to score the first touchdown of any okay. touchdown, and I need Jalen Hurts. I think it's going to be – the parlays aren't out yet. I'm guessing tomorrow we'll get it because the injury report will come out, and then the parlays will start to come out. I'm guessing it's going to be another like Jalen Hurts 50 plus yards in the parlay. Last time I tried, I was 11 yards short, so I didn't hit it. But FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel (laughs) Sportsbook powers uh, the uh, Ron Johnson show. It powers Locked On Sports Minnesota. So we're very thankful for FanDuel Sportsbook. Makes every moment more. And uh, that's what I know everybody's waiting for. Everybody's waiting for these parlays to jump out there Wednesday. Get that line because as that line moves, this might be the most even line ever. Four hundred, five hundred forty-six points scored by both offenses. Both teams have a Trous, Trous, Kelsey brother. I mean, it's literally <laughs> split sixteen and three records for both teams. Both were number one in the divi- or in their conference. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a more like mirror vision two teams when you look at. And then we got the mirror of the two black quarterbacks, and they happen to be mm-hmm. on the stage first time ever. Yeah. Again, I, I go back to Mel Blunt, who joined the show yesterday, uh, Steelers Hall of Famer, uh, four-time Super Bowl champ, and uh, went to a black college, and he talked about that when you look at uh, Bill Nunn. So Bill Nunn Sr., uh, his son, William Nunn third, we know the actor from Spider-Mans and all the other stuff, um, he was the scout for the Steelers forever. And he was the reason for Donnie Shell. He was the reason for Mel Blunt. He was there. He went to HBCUs before it was cool to do it. Now it's going to be cool to do it because the right. NFLPA has a, a a game for it. And now Deion mm-hmm. Sanders and Ed Reed and, and Eddie George, they're making the HBCU become relevant again, which mm-hmm. it always has been. It just yeah. wasn't in the forefront. And now when you look at two black quarterbacks, uh, w- what are they doing for football right now that's going to push this agenda and kill this narrative? that black quarterbacks can't lead a team because we know there's been issues. And this is where I go with this. We know the Mike Vick issue. People said he wasn't a leader. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we know you you look at uh, some of the comments by Kyler Murray. People are saying he's not maybe a leader, but nobody said that about Baker Mayfield. Nobody Mm -hmm. said that about Ryan Leaf. Nobody said those, you know, Oh, they just had mistakes. They can be leaders, but they made mistakes for a black quarterback. It was, "Mm, I don't know if he can really lead a team. I don't know if I can. Mm -hmm. And now you got two, Black African-American quarterbacks two, and this is what I, I it's so funny to me. If one of these guys came from like a horrible upbringing, we'd be killing that on, on TV. The fact that both have their dads in their life, their dads, you know, uh, Pat Mahomes dad played for the Minnesota Twins. You also have Jalen Hurts dad, who was a football, who was his football coach. Nobody's really talking about that because that, mm-hmm. that's not a sensational story. 
Um, but how, how are they changing this narrative uh, for this to happen? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame that this is how long it's taken. I mean, it's kind of mind blowing, quite honestly, that in 2023, we're finally getting some a, a, something like this, because you see it now more league wide. I mean, Jalen having his dad coach him growing up is the same as Justin Fields having yeah. his dad growing up and, and coaching him in football. I mean, this is becoming the norm. And so it's nice to finally see that it's on the biggest stage at this point. And not only are these two black quarterbacks quarterbacking their respective teams in the Super Bowl, these are two MVP candidates, one of which is going to win the MVP again. Yeah. So, and like for the second time, right? Like this is quarter, like Pat Mahomes is just, I mean, he's shattering every record, no matter who you are. And he's changing like our notion of what a quarterback can be because of just how talented he is in every facet of the game. I mean, he can read, he can like he can go off script. He can play your offense to a T. He can recognize what the defense is throwing at it. I mean, he can do absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that again, that's what we're starting to see more and more. And so it was just a matter of time. I'm sorry it took this long because, again, like I said, that's pretty mind blowing. But the fact that this is now on the biggest stage is going to open up the conversation to the point of, oh yeah, wait, there are all these other quarterbacks in the league that are i mean I, I if you're still talking about running quarterbacks even just being like converting them to running backs like you know lamar jackson wasn't that long ago that he came into the league and we're like oh should he be a running back and you're like yep. no he's a quarterback <laughs> he's a quarterback who can run and that's where this league is going to yeah and that's what i think you're again to bring it back to you know what i've been watching all season in the nfc north i mean they're building the system around justin fields and that's what they were trying to do this year I, they didn't do it very successfully obviously but we're, we're thinking that they're going to. And because of the fact of the, like the mismatches that quarterbacks like this, they represent. You can't, how are you supposed to contend for a quarterback that can both throw the ball, run the ball effectively, and then on top of their, def- their offensive backfield, their weapons that they can get the ball to, like it just makes a nightmare for defenses. And so I feel like people are wising up to that. Coaches are wising up to that. You, you know, this league is kind of, it's a copycat league. So you're seeing yeah. all of these very dynamic, very multifaceted offenses that are captained by guys like Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, who can get out of their own pressure, their own troubles, but also hit a guy downfield, take the ball themselves. I mean, there's just so many options when it comes to those guys. And Pat Mahomes is just the best at it. I mean, right. you're, I would hate to be a DB trying to cover <laughs> any of his guys. You're covering these guys four, five, six seconds, which you're not supposed yeah. to have to be able to do. True. And nobody really can. So, no, I, it just opens up the conversation to kind of pinpoint the other similarities across the league and realize this is becoming the norm finally. Yeah, because C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, uh, you know, I'd say C.J. Stroud to me, watch him at Ohio State. Yes, he had some great receivers there, Marvin Harrison Jr., um, you know, and, and you look at all of that, but then also mm-hmm. the fact that Will Levitt's is now jumping into the conversation. And when you watch his tape versus CJ Stroud, it's like, I don't know how you can compare the two. They're not comparable. And uh, Justin Fields, I, if you put Justin Fields in the Eagles offense, um, I'm not going to say he's going to have as much success as Jalen Hurts, but I think he would be successful. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the Bears are going to look at and say, how can we spend this $100 million? Because it's a $224 million salary cap. So how can we spend this $100 plus million 
Go get him a receiver, maybe DeAndre Hopkins. Let's go get him some free agent offensive linemen right. uh, to right. help out this offensive line and get him for sure a left tackle. We got to find us a left tackle because we know that's his blind side. So let's go get him a left tackle because I feel like he's fast enough, smart enough to deal with the right tackle if he has a little bit of issue. But we got to find him a left tackle so he's comfortable enough to turn his back to the defense like Brock Purdy was able to do with Trent Williams, uh, like Kirk Cousins is able to do with uh, Christian Derrissaw and uh, Bakhtiari and Aaron Rodgers. You know, I can go on and on. But so when you think about um, that aspect in this 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 quarterback situation. And again, Josh Allen, it doesn't matter race, can run, can throw. I, I think right. the guys like Lamar Jackson got a raw deal, uh, whereas if you were to redraft, I guarantee every team that needed a quarterback the year would probably take Lamar Jackson because they're like, man, I can't believe we let him drop down that like that late. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's transition a little bit. Uh, let's jump over to the NFC North. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be a Packer. I, I don't think he's going to be a Packer. Devontae Adams wants him. Devontae Adams just said yesterday, like a million billion percent chance I want him as a Raider. Uh, he already said he's not going to the 49ers, and I think that's more because the Packers probably told him, we're not sending you to the NFC, so get out of our face. Um, but you got the the Raiders and uh shoot who was the other oh the jets and so when you look at the Raiders, we had jason smith on uh how about a fresca and he's a big jets fan and and he wants you know aaron Rodgers to be a jet he's already changed his profile picture to aaron Rodgers and 12 jets and joe namath has already said i'll unretire 12 for you if you come to the jets so (laughs) i'll give you my fur coat and a cigarette if you need it or some ayahuasca whatever it's gonna take my firstborn i don't know But when you look at Aaron Rodgers possibly leaving the NFC North, what does that do for the NFC North as a whole? When you think about Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, Jared Goff, and then I guess Jordan Love, where where does yeah. that put them? Unfortunately, I mean, the Packers are – I shouldn't say unfortunately. I grew up a Bears fan, so I'm, I'm used to kind of saying unfortunately when it comes to the Packers. Uh, no, I mean, unfortunately for everybody else in the NFC North, I don't see the Packers ha- having a huge drop-off even with Jordan Love because – Okay. You don't see, you don't think that they're ready to move on if they don't have the guy waiting. Mm-hmm. That's what happened, you know, from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. True. That's what Jordan Love. I mean, they traded up to get Jordan Love. They spent a bunch of capital on him. They have to believe in him at this point. And if he's half of what they think he is, they're going to figure it out. And that defense severely underperformed last year. I can't think that's going to happen again. I mean, you have seven first-round picks on that side of the ball. So even while Jordan Love, if this happens, this comes to fruition, Aaron Rodgers leaves, um, you know, it's written in the tea leaves, I guess, already. <laughs> uh, if that does indeed happen, Jordan Love is going to – should have the defense to lean on while he figures things out, while he gets up to speed, while he gets used to playing at, at the pro level because we obviously haven't seen that a lot from him. Um, I also think that – as good of a left tackle as David Bakhtiari is, and like he's been one of my favorite players forever, like given how much I geek out over O-line. I hate to say it though, he's not always available. He always yeah, has, true. there's always some injury concern with him. And so now you have to devote two roster spots to that left tackle position because you know you need a really, really good backup to David Bakhtiari because you're going to need him. If Aaron goes to the Jets, you know, maybe Bakhtiari goes with him. I have to imagine he takes his guys with him. I mean, look at what he did with Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis. Those are guys that wouldn't be on another NFL roster if they weren't on the Packers with Rodgers. True. So if he goes, then I actually think it gives you an opportunity to shore up that line and do exactly what you want with it because Aaron Rodgers does come with baggage. 
And he comes with roster spots that not only he's taking up, but he makes his guys take up. And like, he kind of dictates all of that. So I don't foresee there being a huge lull for the Packers, but I do think that that just means that this division is going to be really competitive and really could go any of four ways. I mean, the bears, I don't, I think they have kind of a lion's year this next season where they start really slow um, as they're still figuring out. I mean, they're going to have a huge roster turnover. They're going to have so many new guys getting used to the system, but at least the coaches will be in their second year and they can have some success down the stretch. I just, I think it's going to take a little while, just like it did with the Lions. But I would be scared of the Lions if I'm Minnesota because I just like, I, they're, I, what they were able to do week 18, I was there at that game. It was incredible. I mean, to play out of spite and to win just because you're not going to the playoffs. So my rival isn't going to the playoffs either. Like, oh, if you have that attitude, you have that buy in from your players. That's not nothing. And it was so much fun to watch. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I forgot what they call it, but dual death. Like, if I'm gonna die, you're gonna die. So we're gonna die. Yeah, it was like, it was like a murder suicide. Basically, that's what it was. Like, we'll kill you. We're already dying. So we're, right, we're dying. Too. So we're that's why I love when Dan Campbell said that, you know, because, because the question had to be asked because everybody's like, why would she ask him that? It's like, you kind of have to. Like, it's your job. You want to get a sensational take. And she got it. Like, she asked him the question. She did it respectfully. Mm-hmm. And he respectfully said, hey, we're not going to the playoffs. They're not either. And we're going to get this together. I was like, okay, they're going to – like, this This team's going to come out of the halftime. And they're going to – they're definitely going to punch somebody in the mouth at this point. Because that – I've and I'm from know. Detroit, born and raised, grew up in Detroit. <laughs> Only reason I'm in Minnesota is because the University of Minnesota recruited me. Uh, so I always like to see the Lions do well. Uh, because it means well for the city of Detroit. Right. Downtown is hopping. Greek Town Casino is going. Uh, the mm-hmm. bets are in. And so I love <laughs> uh, when Detroit does well. And so I, I actually went on the Pat McAfee show and people thought I was an idiot for saying the Lions were going to finish second in the division. I didn't actually think it was going to happen, but it happened. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had, I had Minnesota in the Super Bowl. So I was, I was, I was throwing out NFC North takes. I had, I had the Lions with more wins too. Then I think I had them finishing third still, but I think I had them at nine wins. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know the wins. I just was like, you know, what? I feel like I was like, I just feel like this was the year Dan Campbell can get them. I said, the Vikings are going to win the North. I, I felt that because I, I knew Kevin O'Connell's offense was going to change Kirk Cousins. I could see it like the first three days of OTAs, the way Kirk was talking, the way he was acting. I mean, the dude's doing social media videos now with Kyle Brandt. Like he mm-hmm. never would have done that stuff under Mike Zimmer and, and he's nothing so much against Mike Zimmer. Yeah. He's way more comfortable now. He's having fun. He's putting on chains. Mm-hmm. He's taking his shirt off. <laughs> um, like I cover Kirk cousins. I, I, my first big 10 network game ever covering uh, as an analyst was Kirk cousins in college at Michigan state. Michigan state. And, and <laughs> yep. And I told Kirk that I'm like, it's like, it's full circle. I covered you. You're, you know, my first game ever in like 2009, I think it was, he was a college quarterback starter for Michigan state splitting time with Keith Nichols. Um, and then, you know, he went on to, you know, be a, a, a Washington commander and then so on and so forth. And now I cover him for the Vikings. And so it's been fun uh, to see that happen. And just his transformation, like Mike Zimmer, I think mm-hmm. really he was nervous. Like he yeah. it wasn't like he didn't like him. He just was nervous to make a mistake for Mike Zimmer yeah. because Mike Zimmer was defense. Now it's like Kevin right. like, hey, go make a play for me. And so it's different. So last one before mm-hmm. we get to the daily three and bring Sam in. When you look at Kirk Cousins, what mm-hmm. is it nationally or even from your perspective uh, that that people always because Kyle Brandt is all in, like he's, right. he's all in with Kirk. But what is it about Kirk Cousins that maybe makes some people hesitant to like really like go all in on Kirk Cousins being a Super Bowl caliber quarterback? 
Well, I mean, nationally, you know, and even from my perspective from across the division, you're not watching every single Vikings game if you're not a Vikings fan, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're not seeing the good. I feel like Kirk has just really had the unfortunate habit of not playing super well in big games. And if he's not playing super well, he didn't win those games for the Vikings either, even if they won. So that's the sample size that the national audience has of Kirk Cousins True. is Monday night games, primetime games at all, like Sunday night games, Thursday night games. Like that's the Kirk Cousins they see. They don't see Sunday, you know, blowout of whoever they, you know, and they're not paying attention that closely to the Vikings to see what shift we saw this season w- under Kevin O'Connell. And I think the biggest difference is because, I mean, Kevin O'Connell comes from that Shanahan McVay tree as far mm-hmm. as offense goes. There's like nine teams in the league that run this offense. But and and that it's an, a system that Kirk Cousins has been in when he was with O'Connell in Washington, yep. and he's not unfamiliar with it. But O'Connell's iteration of it and how supported he's made Kirk feel has been the difference completely. And now that's why I I feel like I get asked about the Vikings. Like obviously there was the point differential from this year. Are they for real? All that other stuff. And I was like, honestly, I don't think that they're that far away, even after, you know, a first round exit in the playoffs, because the problems they're having now are different problems. They're not the same, oh, Kirk can't go out there and win for us, or they're, you know, break, like you have weapons, you have Justin Jefferson in the league, another MVP candidate, the only non-quarterback MVP candidate, yep. who should win Offensive Player of the Year if all goes well on Thursday night. And your defense is kind of we were talking I heard you guys talking about you know hiring flow which I was it was super excited for Minnesota when I got that news because again it's the aggressiveness it's you have these two edge rushers and Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith you have no excuse to not be getting to the quarterback with those guys and then and being a little bit more creative and all that other stuff and that's what flow is going to bring he brings a fresh perspective he's still a young guy but he also has a ton of experience yeah. So I feel like those are the issues that Minnesota had this year and they went out and they fixed them. They fired at Donatelle to bring in somebody else and fix this. And now, I mean, yeah, you're going to have to do some work in the draft. You're going to have to do some work, maybe some finagling. Questy is going to have to, you know, press some magic buttons and figure out how to get all these guys in and solid as far as the depth goes. Cause I always think that that was kind of a, an issue this, this year as well. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think that Minnesota is far away at all. And I would absolutely see them repeating as NFC North champs and maybe hopefully this time going a little bit further in the playoffs. Well, love it. Love it. Well, we got the daily three coming up next. That's three questions, three minutes. each. It's going to be fast paced. Uh, myself, Carmen and Sam's going to join the show, but remember check out the Minnesota football party four days a week from Monday to Thursday. Get your Vikings fixed with the reef Luke Inman, Luke Braun and Sam Ekstrom on locked on sports. And we have a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Yep, here to tell you that Locked On Sports Today brings you behind the scenes and around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. It's Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Well, it's time of the show that I love. It's the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. 
All right, easy one here, Carmen. Or maybe it's not easy, but it's a 50-50 <laughs> choice. Um, look at the Eagles, look at the Chiefs. Which of these teams is more likely to be back in this game next year? I don't know how it's anything but the Chiefs, given their track record the last few years. I mean, this is they haven't ha- get, gotten the wins. They only have one win, but, I mean, they've been consistently appearing in the Super Bowl, uh, what, three of the past four years. So I have mm-hmm. to think that it's probably the Chiefs. And we saw it this year. Patrick Mahomes didn't have the weapons that he used, he's used to having, and Andy Reid figured it out anyway. So I and, – and he figured it out anyway, I should say, too. So I have to think the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, man, that's a tough one for me. I I, I want to say Chiefs because that means the Vikings still have a way in. But I feel like the Eagles, like Nick Sirianni, has gotten something out of these guys that people didn't think was possible with Jalen Hurts and, and the way he's running. Now, again, the RPO is one of those offenses that it takes the league by storm and then defenses get a chance to figure it out in a year and teams will figure out, it. you know, how can we – what do we do? Like, how do we stop this? But there's so many different wrinkles when you watch that one run – uh, for, I tweeted it out, but there was a bubble screen to the right. Jalen Hurts could have run to the right, but he handed it off to the left. And then to the far left was a receiver running a go. And I'm like, how, like, which one do you pick? And so, like, it's so many different wrinkles within that one RPO play where if he pulls it, he can throw the bubble. If he pulls it, he can throw the go. Or he can run it if the linebacker, Fred Warner, takes the run. He can run it out the back end. I mean, it's just a lot to this offense. So, Unfortunately, I, I hate to say the Eagles, but I just feel like the Eagles, I don't know. And, and their defense scares me. I don't know. Every time I see them play, like watching the Vikings play them, it's scary. It's a scary defense where I feel like the the Bills, if Stefan Diggs and, and uh, Josh Allen can make up and kiss and make up, or the Bengals can stay healthy and the referees stay out of it, I think one of those two teams will be in it next year. But no, I do like the Chiefs because then that gives the Vikings a chance. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like the Chiefs as well to be back in that game just because of the Mahomes factor and hey, their defense is young and cheap right now. They they home grew yeah. that defense. They did a really good job of drafting. All right, next one. If Bill Belichick is considered the best coach in the NFL, is Andy Reid the clear number two? And if not, who is number two? Do we think that currently Bill Belichick is the number <laughs> one coach in the NFL? Just track I mean, record. Just based I, on track record. Yeah, okay. Uh, but like right now, I mean, where are the Patriots right now? And, and what's happened yeah. after Tom left? Like, I don't know. I, I have, a, I, I think he's the best, probably the best defensive coach uh, that the league has ever seen. I would go, I would don't know that I would go so far as the best head coach and not currently. I think Andy Reid is the best currently from, I alluded to it before. I mean, the Chiefs, you know, you get rid of Tyreek Hill. And you have to completely change this offense. And Andy Reid has consistently been able to innovate uh, his system and do something different and figure out how to get the most out of his players consistently. That's across any league, any team that he's been with. And he was with the Eagles for, what, 14 years? I mean, and now he's with the Chiefs long term. Like, that, that's proof to me that, that this is a guy that is worth holding on to and that these mm-hmm. these franchises know that. And so I... I would, yeah, I'm a huge Andy Reid fan. I've been a huge Andy Reid fan. I feel like he was, he's, he was the offensive guru before, you know, McVay got in here and, and had that uh, title a little bit. But I still think that Andy Reid is the OG. And I, you know, he's done so, so much for, for so many franchises. Yeah, I agree. I think it's consistency. Andy Reid's been consistent. Uh, you look at McVay, lightning in a bottle. Uh, we don't know where McDermott and some of these other coaches are going to be. Uh, you look at the Bengals coach, uh, Zach Taylor, same thing. 
you know, lightning in a bottle, but he's done it two years in a row now. He's, he's or three, you know, whatever, two out of three years, he's been able to get his team and, and will him to win. Um, I just don't know what this is going to look like for um, Belichick. And, and that's why I agree with Carmen on that. Like, is it the chicken or the egg? Tom Brady won a Super Bowl without Belichick. Can Belichick win a Super Bowl without Brady? And that's going to always be the one that haunts him is that he never has done it without Brady. Like Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. I mean, which is which? Who who needed who more? And I, I think that's where you're always going to have to go. So I got to go Andy Reid with that one too. If there's a second guy out there, I'm going to go again with consistency. Mike Tomlin to me. I love Mike Tomlin. Like he hasn't had a losing season ever. Like he's won a Super Bowl. So granted, he's had some it's been some some rocky some rocky seasons, but he's never lost. He's never. I'm sorry, he's never had a losing season. So I actually like Mike T up there too. So what you got next, Sam? Yep, last one. I want one offensive player from both of you. You can't say the quarterbacks. <laughs> Who is going to steal the show in the Super Bowl on Sunday? Travis Kelsey. It's going to be Travis Kelsey. It's always Travis Kelsey. This guy puts on a show. But what's amazing about him is, yeah, I mean, we talk about the stripped-down version of what this Chiefs offense looks like now. They're still getting him the ball. Everyone knows. The entire defense knows that they're trying to get the ball to Travis Kelsey, and he's still gets it and he shows up in these big moments i feel like he has his biggest games and his best games in the biggest moments um and he's just you know he wants to show up his brother too i just it's got to be travis kelsey oh man i don't know that's a tough one like i, I i'm leaning towards like Devonte smith or aj brown but the way the eagles offense goes it's everybody's involved like the running backs are involved um you know miles sanders with the with the little uzi vert then you know what i mean it's <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't I love know. when Jason did it. I love when Jason did it. He had no idea what it was either. <laughs> he was so stiff too. It was, and, and Travis asked me like, do you know what you're doing? He's like, it's the song that goes body. He said, Oh, body. Yeah. I know the body. I've heard that in the locker room. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's out there. doing. I mean, he was just so stiff. Like, Oh, it was, Oh man. But I don't know who's going to still, I mean, I, I guess like because of my parlay, I'm going to go Travis Kelsey. Cause I'm going to hit him again. I think he can get two touchdowns. Um, I, I feel like that's going to get re like, cause it was last parlay last, uh, whatever, two weeks ago for the AFC championship was the Travis Kelsey, two touchdowns, uh, and Travis Kelsey first touchdown score, which I bet on both. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go back that. I think I, I agree. I think Travis Kelsey, if I'm, if I have to pick a non quarterback, cause I think quarterback Jalen hurts is going to have himself a day. Like, I think he's been waiting for this moment his whole life. Like Jalen hurts has been waiting for this cause he's been treated like crap at Alabama. And not to the point where like badly, but just two is better than you. So we're going to start him. Oh, but two is hurt. We need you to come win us a championship. Now yeah. you're out. You go to Oklahoma. He has to re-earn his spot at Oklahoma and show the world what he can do. You know, even with the Eagles, late draft pick. People were like, when he got drafted, you see the videos now. Everybody like, oh, my God, what are we? Who is it? Why are we drafting Jalen Hurts? And now everybody's loving him. Like, I would love for them to go back and find those people who posted those videos hating on Jalen Hurts. And now to see them having to, like, actually eat crow. Like, get a real crow cook it and make them eat it and say Jalen Hurts is great. But um, yeah, non-quarterback, I got to go Travis Kelsey. I think like it's just, it's prime for it. This is a game that's prime for him. When you look at how the Eagles play with Avante Maddox, like those guys are worried about receivers because of how the Chiefs receivers have been in the past. And I think Kelsey up the seam, it's going to be a tough game for those linebackers in Philly to have to deal with him because he's always in the route tree and in the concept. And so that's tough when, when you have a tight end like him, that's always like the number one guy. And then they motion him out wide one-on-one i gotta go with kelsey as well but that'll do it for us today on the daily or uh, sorry on the ron johnson show i want to thank carmen vitale for joining us today sam extram thank you for all you do and uh let me get to the read real quick 
and uh and if you want endless vikings so let me know uh, i want thank you for joining me there blah blah and if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conferences delivering all the biggest news. Yes, the Brian Flores news. We will talk about it more. We will bring all the coaching interviews, the Brian Flores press conference. We for sure will cover that. Like our videos and leave your comments in the section below. I want to thank you and have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.